The only time people ever recognize a sound guy in a church building is when something goes haywire and they blame him. So thank you to the sound guy. <laughs> and he just sits back there and smiles at me. First Samuel chapter number three. You know, the Bible is such, um, I almost hate to use this phrase, the Bible is such an amazing book. Uh, I, maybe that sounds trite, and I don't mean for it to be trite, but other books you read, you already know the ending. And I guess we know the ending to this, but the Bible is a living, breathing Word of God. Every time you read it, the Lord gives you something fresh and a new it's, it's like manna. It's new every morning. And, and you read it and you think, whoa, I hadn't seen that before. And I had somebody one time criticize and say, well, there's nothing new under the sun. Well, that's true. And there's nothing new in the Word of God. However, what He gives us is a fresh and a new so that we can walk and talk with Him and Him with us. And so if you're like me, when you read the Bible, especially a passage that you've read over and over and over again, and all of a sudden you see something you've never seen before, you go, whoa, that's neat. Well, the story we're looking at tonight is not an unfamiliar story. It's a story that it, I, I don't even know. Uh, is flannel graph a thing anymore? When I was a kid, we had flannel graph. Some of you know, some of you have used it. Um, flannel graph to me always intrigued me because one week the flannel graph character was David and the next week the same flannel graph character was called Moses and that's always bothered me so I don't, I don't maybe they only had a few flannel graph characters I don't know but I grew up hearing about this passage I grew up reading this passage hearing this story I remember the the Bible pictures in our in our, in our Bible storybooks as kids and so when you come to a passage of the Bible that you've read and heard so many times it almost becomes Oh, is too familiar the wrong phrase to use? It, it almost becomes so familiar that you just kind of, oh, I'm in that verse again. Well, I was going through this passage in my reading, and the Lord showed me several things. That I just, maybe I was asleep when somebody else shared them, but they were afresh and anew, and oh, the Lord just gave me such a thrill out of it, and I believe the Lord laid this on our heart, my heart for tonight, and so I'm going to ask you if you follow along with me as you read verse number one of chapter three. Read a familiar passage and then point out some truths from the Word of God. Chapter 3, verse number 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. That in and of itself is interesting who he's ministering for. He goes on, and the word Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Verse number 2. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. Tonight I want to ask you this question. Why does God want to wake us up? Let's pray before we get started. My Father, we thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the power of the Word of God. And I claim that tonight, and I pray for those that are here, maybe those that are listening on live stream. Lord, I pray that you would make these truths very real and dear to our heart tonight, that we may act upon these truths, and that you may 
encourage our hearts to get up from where we are that we may walk and talk with you. We thank you for your love for us, and we thank you for the power of the Bible. And I ask this the only way I know how, through the name and through the blood of my Jesus. Amen. You come to the life of Samuel. You come to this story. Samuel, he was prayed for in this very place. And now his mother has brought him back. And it seems like he lives, for lack of better terms, Samuel lives in the church. I realize it's different when you're looking Old Testament versus New But the pictures are the same. There's a place where you worship God. And you come in this passage and Samuel lives in the church. Now, I wouldn't mind spending the night right here. However, I've been in churches just like you where at night the church can be a pretty scary place. And I'm always afraid some old saint's going to crawl out from underneath the pews and grab me and pull me in. You know what it's like walking through a dark church at night. Especially an older building where it has a wood floor and it just kind of creaks as you're walking through. And you think, I don't need the lights. And then you wish you'd turned them on. I don't know what it's like here in the temple. But it seems like it's dark. It says the lamp of God has gone out in the temple. Samuel is there. Samuel's a kid. And it's, it, it seems as though the only two people, at least in the story at this night, is you have Samuel in one room. You have Eli in another room. They're at least far enough separated that when God calls, only Samuel hears. Maybe that's the way God intended it. I don't know. But you have Samuel in one room. It seems as though there's at least a stretch of space where Samuel has to get up out of his bed and go to where Eli is. So however it's laid out, God comes and God talks to Samuel. I have been intrigued by this recently. If the message that God had for Samuel to hear was actually a message for Eli, why did God not tell Eli? And maybe that's a message for a whole nother time, but it's interesting that what God tells Samuel, the kid in the passage, most of it was intended for the preacher or the man of God or that one that would was supposed to fulfill the the, uh, traditions that God had orchestrated in the house of God. And it's interesting that God doesn't tell Eli about Eli. Instead, he has to tell Samuel. So maybe on a side note tonight, it's interesting that the older man does not get the message from God, but a younger child. And I think sometimes we write off children and we think, oh, what do they know? But I've been learning from the children in the Bible. God can use anybody. He'll use anybody, no matter the age, as long as they're just willing to be used. And I read about Samuel in this passage, and you know the story. You know that God comes to Samuel, and God says, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel thinks it's Eli. He jumps up. He runs to Eli's room, and he says, here am I. Now, If it was me and somebody called out my name in a dark building, much less a church, that would scare me to death. I'm already a light sleeper, and I don't like being touched. I don't know if we have anybody like that in here. My wife will tell you, I don't like being touched. I have this thing about, I don't know, we're in church. You know what I'm talking about. Especially there's a generation that likes to hug. You know what I'm talking about? And they just come up and go, oh, 
that bothers me. And so I take my wife and I put her in front of me and she gets the hug and I take off. And I remember when I was in school and we'd travel and, uh, for, for uh, the college and, and we'd sing in groups. There were several different people I knew as long as I was near them, if somebody came toward me and, you know, they come to hug, I just back away and they get the hugs and I'm fine. I call them my LOLs, my little old ladies, you know, and that's fine and I'm happy for them, but I don't want to be touched. I just, I just can't, I don't know, it's just something inside me. My brothers are the same way. And so the combination of being a light sleeper and not wanting to be touched, I think, Oh, man, can you imagine in the middle of the night somebody just grabbing you and talking to you? And I think, that would freak me out. And some of you kids are like, darkness already scares me. I mean, Samuel, he's in there. There is no nightlight, it seems like. And somebody calls out to him, and he jumps up, and he runs. It seems like he knows the territory well enough to not stub his toe. He goes, and he finds Eli, and he says, I'm here. And I think Eli says, for what? Eli didn't know anything had happened. He didn't know Samuel had been called. Samuel turns around and he goes back to his room. You know the story. God comes. He calls Samuel again. Samuel gets up. He runs back. It wasn't me. Go back and lay down. He goes back and lays down. God calls a third time. He gets up. He runs back in there. Finally, Eli's coherent enough and knows enough about the Lord to say, it must be God. So when you go back and you hear his voice again, just say, here am I, Lord. Samuel does that. Samuel obeys. God speaks to Samuel but you know one of the most amazing things in this passage is that God knew Samuel's name. I, I know it seems simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the deepest things. And sometimes we think in the darkness of our trial and our trouble, God doesn't even know us, he doesn't understand, he doesn't hear us. God knew a kid's name. And it looks like all that Samuel did in the passage, at least, was maybe light the candles in the house of God. Maybe he'd open and close the doors. Maybe he'd sweep the floor. I mean, at this point, Samuel is not a priest. He cannot do any of the work in the temple, at least the priestly responsibilities. So what does he do? Well, most would probably shove him aside. Just a kid. But God knows Samuel's name, and God calls Samuel. You remember in the Bible how many times God reminds us that he knows who we are? He knows our name. He, he knows the name of the stars in heaven. He knows how many grains of sand are on the sea. He knows how many hair we have on our heads. Some of us, that's harder than others. And I think God knows all of that, and yet he still knows me, my name, my trials, my troubles, God knows me. He does know us. And he cares. If God didn't care, then why would he say, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee? If God didn't care, then why would he say, call unto me and I will answer thee? If God didn't care, then why would he invite us to walk and talk with him? If God didn't care, then why would God say, you have not because you ask not, but ask anything according to my name, my will, I hear you. Why? God knows us. And he cares. And then when God comes to Samuel, he doesn't just say, hey kid, 
He calls them by name. And beyond that, he doesn't just talk to Samuel by name, but he's asking for Samuel. God doesn't just, hello, Samuel, how are you? Okay, bye, see you later, I'm going to go talk. Have you ever met people that can do less with kids? Or that could do more with kids by pushing the kid away? Oh, boy, another kid. One of the things that is, I've never forgotten is being a kid and being in revival meetings and going up to preachers, and I, from as now an adult, I can remember the well-known preachers that I met as a kid who pushed me aside. And I can also remember the very, very few well-known preachers that got down on one knee to talk to me as a four- or five-year-old. That makes a big difference. A big difference. And when God calls Samuel's name, he doesn't just say, hello. He calls them by name. And then notice what it says in verse, let's go down to verse number, uh, for sake of time, let's go to verse number nine. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said unto Samuel, behold, I will do a thing in Israel. It's interesting, how many times did God call Samuel's name? How many times did he seek after Samuel? How many times is he trying to get Samuel's attention so he can give Samuel a message from heaven? And I think, you know, the Lord, this wasn't just a passing thought with him. Oh, Samuel, kid. This was a persistent call to make a point, not just the fact of I know you, but I want you. Have you ever felt not wanted before? You ever felt like, oh, what am I? I'm just me. What can I do? I mean, what can I do for the Lord? I mean, I, I, I'm not like him and him and him. Well, that's one reason the Lord says comparing yourselves among yourselves is not wise. Because God's not looking for us to be like other people. He's looking for us to be like him. And be willing, and God says, if you're willing... That's all I need. God says, I know who you are, Samuel. And on top of that, I want you. So I'm going to call you four times. Three times, Samuel says, must be Eli. But then when he lays back down, God calls him the fourth time. Samuel, Samuel, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. I want you to see something else. This is something that I never heard on the flannel graph stories. Something I never saw. Something that wasn't even alluded to. But if you're like me, growing up, when I would hear this story, I would hear something like this. Samuel, he was laying down in the church building. He was trying to sleep. God came to him. Samuel. Why do we always think God's voice is like that? I don't know what it is like, but I, mean, I can't wait to hear it when we get to heaven. And Samuel's like, Samuel, no, Samuel. I don't know if your teachers ever did that, but they always put that shakiness in their voice. And it made it sound, Samuel. It's like, whoa, it must be. And this is how I grew up understanding the story. It was a ghostly figure. Oh, wait a minute. 
Really? Was it just a voice that came to Samuel? Was it a ghost? I've even heard people say, well, actually, it was the Holy Ghost. Well, first of all, you don't find that in the passage. Secondly, notice what the Bible says. You know, the Bible often changes our theology, doesn't it? Notice what it says in verse number 10. And the Lord came and stood. Maybe it's just me. How come no Sunday school teacher, at least that I ever heard, ever said, the Lord actually stood in Samuel's room? Maybe they couldn't explain I don't know. Maybe they couldn't explain it. The Lord came and stood. When was the last time you heard of a ghost standing? Or a voice standing? I said, well, that doesn't happen. Right. So what, maybe we should rephrase it, who was standing in Samuel's room? You know what? That's pretty amazing. I understand that the Bible is very clear on the truth that no man hath seen God at any time. So I cannot completely explain this passage, and I don't claim to be able to. But I do know this. That the person who met with Samuel that night in Samuel's room was real. It wasn't just a voice. He came, called, and stood. You know, for a kid, that would be, that would make a lot more sense than just hearing a voice, wouldn't it? Oh, I heard a voice last night. Oh, that's scary. Oh, I know. I just heard. I mean, just I must have eaten something funny before I went to bed. No, no, no. God came. He called. And he stood. And one of the greatest truths that I have found is that God doesn't just know me. He doesn't just want me. He wants to be real to me. He's not just some figment of some preacher's imagination. He's not just the God of the Bible. Oh, he is of the Bible and in the Bible. But the same God of the Bible wants to be real to us today. I don't know. I get in a lot of churches where I hear things like this. Oh, I remember what God did during the golden years. Almost like we serve a God of the past. And he's still there. Well, wait a minute. Isn't he also the God of the present and the God of the future? So can't the God of the past do just as much as the past and maybe even greater than the past? So why do we act like many times, oh, he died and, you know, left us in yesteryear? Wait. He wants to be real to us too. I used to hear preachers get up and talk about how God answered their prayers and how they prayed specifically and God did this and how they prayed for this many people to come out to the meeting and this happened and then they pray specifically and God did this and they pray for this many souls and God did this. And I think, wow, I wish I could be a man of God like that one day. Wouldn't that be great if I could attain to something like that? Then I realized this. It's not about me. It's about him and me just trusting him. That's it. The same God that part of the Red Sea could do that today. 
Do we believe that? If God wanted to part the Red Sea, could he do Yes, but maybe he's having trouble finding a Moses that will simply hold up his hand. Maybe he's having trouble finding someone who will say, you know what, God, you, oh, you told me to do this. I'm just going to obey, obey you. You say, well, it's out of the norm. Obedience is always out of the norm. Always. And in this passage, God comes to a kid and he says, I know you. I want to talk to you. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to stand in your room. I don't know what Samuel saw. I have no idea, and I'm not going to begin to speculate, but I know that God in some real form was in the room of Samuel, and Samuel, it seems, knew enough to know God wants to be real to me. And then it goes further. I mean, think about this. Why would a kid, why would a kid say, you know what? I'll follow a voice. It's more than that. Samuel chooses to just simply obey what God says. No, God couldn't talk to Eli, but he could talk to Samuel because Samuel would trust God, listen to God, and depend on God. Samuel would choose to follow God. And notice what happens at the very end of the chapter. This is amazing to me. The very end of the chapter, it will say in verse, let's go to verse number 19. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, what God said was true. What God promised, he kept. What God meant, Samuel saw. And I think, I just need to take God for what he says. I just need to believe what God says instead of, yeah, I know God said it, but does that fit today? No, God said it. I can trust who God is because God said it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And that Word is still real and alive today, and I can follow Him. And Samuel, I think if we were to meet him, whether he was a kid or whether he was an old man after he hewed up Agag, Maybe he'd say, hey, listen, you know what? God knew me then like he knows me now. God wanted me then and he wants me now. God wanted to be real to me then and God's been real to me now. But then God wanted to simply lead Samuel and Samuel follow. Oh, everything God promised Samuel, God kept his word. But this is unique to me. Notice what the word of God will say in verse number 20. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. When I read that, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. This has the idea of future. He was established to be. And I thought, Samuel's still a kid. Yet the entire country, from the northernmost region to the southernmost region, says, you know what? Do you see that kid over there? Yeah. God has his hand on that kid. What's the secret? Well, maybe it's because he's a kid. I don't think so. I think it was because a kid said, God wants me. I want God. 
And now everyone knew God is with him because that kid walks with God. You see, I think what's most amazing, I mean, if we could just simplify it, is the idea that God will use anyone who wants to be used. That's pretty amazing. And if God would take a kid and work through a kid, both then and all through his life to when he is an old preacher, I think, well, maybe it's time for some of us just to simply trust God like Samuel trusted God. God said it. I don't understand it, but okay. God knows my name. He knows what I'm going through. He knows what I've been through. And you know what? He still wants me. And beyond all of that, he still wants to be real to me no matter what I'm dealing with. And God doesn't just want to be real to me. God wants to use me. And yes, it started when Samuel was a kid. Maybe we just need to get back to simple childlike faith of trusting God. Remember how many times in the scripture where Christ refers to children? He even tells the religious leaders, except ye become as one of these, ye cannot enter in the kingdom of heaven. Well, what did that mean? Nicodemus probably would have said, you want me to be a kid again? <laughs> but that's not what God meant. The idea was simple dependence on who I am, what I said, and what I can do. And maybe it's time for us, just like Samuel, speak, Lord. Thy servant, in other words, what you say I'll do, hear it. That's the message. Ooh, that's a hard message for Eli. Eli gets up the next morning. You tell me or else all everything that God told you about me, he's going to do to you. Okay, <laughs> I'll tell you. And because he simply obeyed God, God would use him. And I think, why? Was Samuel special? No, Samuel served a great God. I've grown up with this idea, and I think you'll know what I mean. And I've referred to it a couple times tonight. Of the great men of God. Well, I don't think of myself as a great man of God. And I've come to find out that there are no great men. There's only a great God that will use anyone that's yielded to him. So tonight I ask you this. Do you remember that God knows you? You can trust him. Do you remember that God doesn't just know you, but he wants you? Not only does he know you and want you, but he wants to be real to you, and then he wants to lead you if we will just choose to follow. You say, that is so simple. Yes. God never intended it to be complex. God says, trust me, obey me, and let me work through you. So tonight, maybe it's time, like Samuel, for God to wake us up. I don't know. I don't know that I'd want to be woken up in the same way that Samuel was woken up. However, I do know that God wants to speak to us, work through us, use us, be real to us, answer our prayer when we pray his way. So I ask you, are you ready for God? wake you up heads about eyes closed i'm done tonight tonight 
Maybe it just comes back to taking our hands off of ourselves again. Maybe it comes back to just, oh, Lord, thank you for the reminder that you know what I'm going through. Maybe it comes back to us just saying, okay, Lord, you want to be real. I'll look for you to be real. I don't know how God's spoken to you tonight, but I encourage you. While I pray and close in prayer, if God's spoken to you, would you talk to him? My Father, I thank you for your love for us. And I thank you for the life of Samuel. Lord, I know that these Bible truths are so simple. Yet, Lord, how many times have I looked over them and been looking for something spectacular when you've just promised to be real? 